Hello, everyone, and welcome to Total Nonstop Analysis. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. How the hell are you, KP? And the beautiful returning Davis. I'm glad. I, for one, am glad Davis is with us. I haven't seen Davis's face in I don't know how long. <laughs> uh, about three weeks or so. Yeah. They have been sorely missed. And I'm good, just, you know, about half awake. It's what you get for partying all night, a person. <laughs> uh-huh. So, not only are we joined by the Dream Team back together again, but today's special guest is a renowned film director and deathmatch aficionado. You know him as the director of such music videos as Fozzie's Judas and Burn Me Out. He's the director of the recently released documentaries I'm Too Old for This Shit and Relentless. He's co-owner of Southern Honor Wrestling, an AEW cameraman. He once ate an Uncrustable from Corey Taylor's fridge and filmed Stone Cold Steve Austin on a jet ski. Welcome to the show, our buddy Nathan Mowry. Woo! The crowd goes wild. What's the, the crowd the crowd goes mild. Crowd goes mild. That's, that's a little more accurate. I was, I was, I was I, once took a punch from Luchasaurus. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> that's true. I was in the dark water and I didn't have any wrestling boots, so I just wore my uh, Doc Martens. I stand nice. out really closely. <laughs> nice. I mean, I wouldn't say the crowd goes mild. I was there. I, I heard that pop when Nathan came out. The, oh, that, at, that was just me. <laughs> popular. Well now, well now, like my girlfriend's more popular than I am in wrestling because, like, she like showed up at Southern Honor, like. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I saw that. Style. I feel like I, I, I feel like she was always more popular though, like even before. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true, Kyle. But I, you know, I was in uh, denial about it. I didn't need. Yeah, that. I mean, I mean, there's a whole Susie World Order shirt and and not a Nathan World yeah, Order. I made that. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? No, that's awesome. Lord have mercy. This is going to be a fun episode. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Especially, like, I haven't watched, like, old TNA since I was, like, uh, probably a teenager. Besides, like, a few handful of matches that I just kind of go back to. So this will be a, a good time. Because I didn't, didn't, I barely remembered early TNA. But, man, it was a, it was a watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it, it was, was for thing. me as well. Just make sure to watch Turning Point. <laughs> yeah, make sure to watch Turning Point. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I honestly think they could have done with more ads. Because I'm not quite – I'm really not sure even when Turning Point is at this point. <laughs> well, without further ado, what do you say we get right into the review? Do we have to? Yes, we I do. Mean, it's our better, civic duty. This was better than the first show. <laughs> I'll give it that, yeah. That's not saying much, though. So we open the show cold with Raven choking and screaming at Larry Zabisco backstage. He wants a rematch with Monty Brown, and that match is granted. Raven, like a man possessed, yells, The age of apocalypse is now. Welcome to the Terror Dome. Quote the Raven nevermore. Making sure that he hit every one of those catchphrases while he hit his signature pose. <laughs> oh, that's what he said. Okay, I didn't hear that. Marketing genius. Yep. I mean, you got to hit those catchphrases. Love me some Raven. Good dude. dude. 
Raven is like one of my all-time favorite promo guys like ever. And it's it's funny, like uh just starting this episode off, I forgot about just TNA Impact, like it's it's intro and everything. So I got punched in the face with nostalgia right from the get-go. And Hell like yeah. just uh there's like um if you guys haven't seen it, there's like a, a Raven promo from TNA around this time that he cuts on Jeff Hardy where he calls himself a human cancer. Have you ever seen that one? Because mm-hmm. no, that I've seen that one. That's one of my favorite uh, promos ever. I'll send. I'll make sure to send it to you guys like when we're done. But yeah, yeah. TNA, Raven. a hell of a promo in in real life too. <laughs> this is very true. He'll talk your ear off. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I love that guy. So we go back into the impact zone. We get shots of the crowd before hitting the massive amount of pyro, which See? man, I missed the pyro. Seizure warning on that fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mike. That... Oh, sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> Mike Tanae is in the ring and he says the new era of TNA began this past Sunday at Victory Road. And he gives a recap of events, but then he is interrupted by none other than Mr. Slapnuts himself, King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett. Hit the counter. Listen up, Slapnuts. Dude, Jeff Jarrett, like, uh, has one of my favorite, like, I forgot how fun his, like, intro song is. It just comes in so hard. My like, world! Freaking Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett is accompanied by the outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And boys, it looks like we're getting an NWO silver reunion here. Hell Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the three guys walk out dressed like they're starring in Grown Ups 3. Scott Hall takes the mic <laughs> and says he heard Mike recapping Victory Road, but couldn't help but notice there was another pay-per-view coming up on December 5th. Did, nope. did y'all know about the pay-per-view on December 5th? No, I had no idea. What is this pay-per-view? I didn't well, I, I didn't catch it. Uh-uh. Let y'all in on a little that, secret. That, there's, I should probably spend more time on advertisement for it. There's, there's a pay-per-view called uh, Turning Point on December 5th. December 5th, you said? Yeah, they, they really should spend more time talking yeah. about this. Um, but I, mean, I, I think they could have put an ad like right here in the middle of this segment. Nash and Jarrett both say they don't have plans that night, so they will be at Turning Point. And then Nash grabs the mic states that nobody gave him a script so he can say what he wants. And that was, <clears> that was a statement. shot at Stanford. <laughs> he, he's rambling. They're, they're just kind of like hanging out, mm-hmm. like leaning against the ropes. They're just, they're just shooting the breeze. Yeah. <laughs> Nash points out a girl in the front row and says, I've got my eyes on you lady, <laughs> Jesus. Which, which is great. I mean, what better time to set up a date than in the middle of a wrestling promo? Yeah, dude, they were they were dressed 2004 as hell. Like when they walked out, I was just like, "Look at these dudes!" Like the the only way they could have been dressed more like dads is if they would have had white New Balances. Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all they all seem super sleepy, and Nash calls themselves the new kings of wrestling. They, honestly, I think I should honestly like sue TNA for copyright infringement. I thought this was a, a lame stable name I came up with in like you know WWF uh, playing on 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 N sixty four back in the day. Like, <laughs> come on, this was a terrible fucking name. 
it's just like they had to come up with a name like right yeah. after and so they just said that the, the, we're the kings of wrestling yeah it's like <laughs> stable name and as he was going to the mic he just had to come up with an answer he just yeah it was just the most basic name ever well, tell that to Cesaro and Cassius Ono. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Because yeah. they were also the kings of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take the best wrestlers. Yes. <laughs> I've, got, I've got way too many notes on this segment. Yeah, I do too, unfortunately. Jeff Jarrett it's, and we got only one where the money is. <laughs> it's the only one that I took an extensive amount of notes on. And we'll get into that <laughs> in just a little bit. I got several notes on it myself. Uh Jarrett grabs the mic and then yells for Tanae to hold it for him. And as he's talking, the only thing I can notice is Scott Hall playing the guitar in the background. Yep. Yep. Jarrett claims after Victory Road, they beat down Macho Man Randy Savage and sent him to the hospital. Covered in his own blood, and he has not been seen or heard from since. He then issues a warning to all wrestlers out there hogan sting ddp they have an open invitation to fight but he knows they're too scared to show up foreshadowing he welcomes everyone to planet jarrett and that's the end of our promo no no you you, you forgot the best part of the promo he said i've given you a final global warming (laughs) also i noted that he never took his sunglasses off which i thought was a great touch (laughs) <laughs> so I hate gotta it. have that swag man yeah and then next we got the best part of the whole show back turning to back ads. ads for turning point like literally one after the other <laughs> and a recap of victory road yeah there's there's uh just a few instances of this on the show <laughs> yeah i mean i'm only going through my notes maybe like 20 to 30 times that happens it's just that that's it <laughs> Just gonna, about every other segment are ads for Turning yeah. Point and recaps of Victory Road. I, mean, I was waiting for an ad in the middle of a match for Turning Point or, or like a little a pitcher and pitcher box pops up and it's a Turning Point ad. You see Quagmire from Family Guy <laughs> yes. walk out and it's like cross his arms, a little graphic lower third pops Turning out. Turning Point, December 5th. <laughs> well, let's get to an actual match, why don't we? I'm sorry, did you say an actual match? I wouldn't necessarily call it an actual match. I mean, besides the main event, were there any matches on this show? <laughs> Kinda. Thirty seconds long, and it's like a six-man tag. <laughs> Our first matchup of the night is a six-man tag, three live crew taking on Matthews, Cage, and Static. Yeah, we we wouldn't know that because there was literally no time for commentary literally. to say it. Match lasted thirty seconds. Three live crew wins with a triple team lifted sidekick. Immediately afterwards, Team Canada hits the ring and a brawl happens. And then Canada with their ass. Nathan, <laughs> just could you give me a couple of your highlights from this match? From this match, yeah. Well, first, first of all, it's like Conan and then Ron Killings and Road Dog, and I'm just like. I, didn't, I forgot that this was even a thing that existed. There was just so many like wrestlers in early TNA. It, so I was just blown away by everybody that kept coming through the tunnel. Um, but like we said, it's less than 30 seconds. So there's not too many notes. I, re- I forgot about how they had like the timer at the top, which I kind of enjoyed seeing that. And uh, I forgot how rad team Canada was and team Canada is always uh, sick. So that was really? fun. I can to come and uh, have a beat down. So 
quite enjoyed it, even though it was nothing. <laughs> Davis, can you give me just your highlights, your favorite moments of this epic bout? All right, here's what I got. Three Live Crew come out. Conan and Road Dog do their sticks. Then I'm like, Three Live Crew versus Matthews. Wait, it's over? And then Team Canada attacks. Backstage, another limo arrives. We we get this a lot in TNA. Please tell me Shane Douglas is going to be on the case to get that yes, interview. We, we need Shane Douglas out there to... <laughs> Rate the limo driver to see who's inside. Demand that interview. Only. It'll get to the bottom. One, one, one thing I noticed: the limo is not actually a limo. It's just like it's just like a little Lincoln sedan. Yeah, <laughs> which was odd. Budget's tight, man. <laughs> so after this, we get another turning point ad and another recap of Victory Road. I mean, honestly. Oh. I don't even want people being paid for the pay-per-views. You can just watch the whole pay-per-view the next uh, on the next impact. <laughs> it seems that way. And then we get to our next match. It's another six-man tag. We have the team of Kid Cash, Michael Shane, and Kazarian, accompanied by Tracy Brooks. And they're facing Hector Garza, Psychosis, and Laparka. Yes. Yep. I had love no me some psychosis, Nathan. I had no idea psychosis was even in TNA, so that was a really pleasant surprise for me. I saw him go through the tunnel. I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. So psychosis I, I, and Laparka are two of my, like, I wouldn't even say guilty pleasures, but they're like those, they're just obscure enough to when I name drop them, people are like, wait, what? Yeah. I, yeah. They're, they're great. Especially psychosis. I've always been a big fan of his stuff. Yeah. I, I, I think I may have looked away at the wrong time or or they just didn't show it. Like I never once saw uh, Kid Cash uh, come out during this. Yeah, he was there. Uh, yeah, he, I never saw him. All I saw was 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 Michael Shane and Kazarian and then L.A. Park Psychosis and Hector Garza. And then I saw the Dallas interference and then Kid Cash jump in and, you know, get the pin out. And I was like, what the hell? Like, when the hell did Kid Cash what was he in this match? <laughs> so we kick off the match with a huge brawl to start. L.A. Park is still wearing his jacket, which I can only assume he's been unable to take off since Victory Road. So we covered. He was a... As he yeah, he had a little bitty jacket. It was cute. <laughs> uh, he manages to get it off. The crowd goes wild. And by that, I mean, it's like just me quietly like, hey. <laughs> uh, not much to talk about. The match only lasts a minute and 59 seconds. Ooh, Dallas, Dallas takes out L.A. Park in psychosis. And then Tracy distracts Garza, who is smashed with a coconut by Kid Cash. Yep. Oh, the coconut returns. <laughs> and this is a minute and 50-something. We're getting a little closer to actual match length. Yeah, still under two minutes, but just yeah. barely. A minute 59. I, We're getting there. I was so surprised by how short all of these matches were. They were trying to fit so much in into their time slot. It was just... Yeah. I was like, dang. Well, they, they needed that time for commercials. Yeah. They did, yeah. For turn points. They're like, how are we going to fill this time? How about 30 turning point commercials? 
Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Garza was cleaning house at the start of this. He's a beast. He's always he is, cleaning man. house. That's kind of his thing. Yeah. Backstage, Shane Douglas is on the scene. He's going to determine who was in the limo. So he just opens the door and climbs right in and is searching in the back seat. And uh, yeah, I'm no uh, law enforcement officer by any means, but I'm pretty sure that's uh, probably frowned upon. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Well, I, I was I was sitting there thinking like, you know, if I had a guess, I'm assuming it was probably Dallas. But then he left to get a good DDPY session before he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he, d- he does just sneak off, though. He does. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I missed something. Did uh, uh, I don't know if the windows were rolled down or or what? But did the limo suddenly lose its tint on the wind on the on the windows? Like like when it pulled up, it was all dark windows, and then when they showed that scene, you could see through the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, what? I think we need to get unsolved mysteries on this. Yeah, unsolved mysteries of TNA. <laughs> After this, we get another recap, another Turning Point ad, make that two Turning Point ads, and then a recap of the Monty Brown, Raven, and Abyss feud. Nathan, did you know about this feud between Monty Brown, Raven, and Abyss? Yes, I actually did. They had the first ever Monsters Ball match in TNA, the three of them. We just covered that last week. And it's super sick. And I, I was going to show you a DVD that I have. One, <laughs> one second. Oh, Nathan has left his chair. You can <laughs> see his furry pimp jacket. But yeah, you can't see my furry pimp jacket. But uh, this DVD called "Teenage Best of the Bloodiest Brawls." I watched this DVD yeah. so much going up, and uh, that match of uh, Victory Road, like uh, where they had that Monsters Ball match, was was on there, and I thought that was sick. So, big fan of Mo- Monty Brown. The pounce is yes. dope. They had so many video packages putting over the pounce and it made it feel really awesome. So uh, big fan of him. Always been a big fan of Abyss. And like I said before, Raven is one of my all time favorites. And my favorite uh, Raven fun fact is, did you know that Raven is the only uh, wrestler to have an ECW, a WWE, a TNA and WCW action figure? Wow. That sounds favorite, about right. One of my wow. favorites. Yep. So love, love me some Raven. So do I. I love me some Monty Brown. And that brings us to our next match. Raven versus Monty Brown. Raven comes out to some knockoff Nirvana. Brown comes out to some knockoff Disturbed. You know it's TNA now. Yeah, I was like, wait, that's that's down with the sickness. Oh. Yeah. I <laughs> said that song. It was so funny. My favorite part is it just repeated the uh, wah ah 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 like every 10 seconds like yeah. there was no song <laughs> yeah it was it was incredible. we get some quick action and have i mentioned just how much i love these two it's so good brown hits the pounce on raven who is sent into the ref abyss enters the ring and hits monty with a black hole slam and just as raven goes to pick up the cover who would slide into the ring? But Davis's favorite wrestler of all time. Yep. Do you want to tell uh, the people? I mean, I, I literally put Monty took out Raven and the ref, Abyss attacks, 
LLDDP what? All of a sudden, there's, yeah. there's Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> Just slides in the ring like it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was really confused as to why the hell DDP debuted here, considering that Jeff Jarrett pretty much like was mocking him and calling him out at the start of the show. Yeah. Why is he why, why is he debuting here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he does have history with Raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the true. And Dallas moves really quickly, so he probably heard Jarrett's threat at the beginning of the show and somehow just teleported there. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not gonna put disrespect on DDP's name and had to show up and tell him what's up. I, I love it. I've I've seen this uh debut like uh, a bunch of times, but it was really cool. I think there, this was uh, Dallas's uh, post WWE career, and uh, I believe. And uh, that's not a bad thing. Not a that's bad. That's a good thing. That's a great thing. And uh, so it was cool. Um, yeah, just seeing him come in, and of course, like Raven and Dallas had a really awesome uh, rivalry going in WCW. Mm-hmm. So I had to come in and uh, drop his ass and uh, throw up the diamond cutter for. Uh, the crowd it's just a fun uh, little moment just another debut another big um wcw name so EDP I like gets that. in the ring he drops raven with a diamond cutter a sick and diamond cutter i was just like shit <laughs> he quickly leaves while posing in the crowd monty picks up the win in four minutes and 15 seconds and abyss is joined on stage by a hooded figure I put decent match. The suspense is killing me. Also, yep. one more note about Dallas. Um, he was wearing a shirt that said, who's your bad daddy? And I thought that was great. Because <laughs> he just came off of a, like visiting the troops. So that, that sounds like such a Dallas thing. Who's your bad daddy? I thought that was a great, great shirt. <laughs> uh, Need to be brought up. Sorry. Continue. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know who this mystery hooded figure is, but. I have a feeling that maybe wherever they are somewhere in the world, they might have recorded a podcast intro for us. (laughs) After this, we get another promo package, this time for Monty Brown. So I'll let this one slide. Monty Brown hype video. Pretty good. Two two more ads for Turning Point. (laughs) And keep in mind, those of you at home, when we say ads, we don't mean like a a 15-second like, hey, a reminder, December 5th. These are like full-blown video packages. And then at the end, it's like, by the way, turning point, December 5th. Yep. So. And they repeat that. It's over <laughs> and over after every match. Backstage, Shane Douglas is interviewing Petey Williams. He says that Chris Sabin claims to have a counter for the Canadian Destroyer, and they both put over how devastating the move is. But, I mean, come on. It's... This is no more deadly than a headlock, am I right? I mean, seriously, I see it like every week. <laughs> I got I, I got a note here that says, wow, the Canadian Destroyer used to be a finisher? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I, I see Penta hit that like three minutes into a match, man. I mean, like, literally, uh, like, if you don't open up a Canadian Destroyer, are you even having a match? I, I think Gary Lamb from SHW can hit, hit a Canadian good. Destroyer. Yeah, hell yeah. That's what I want. I want Gary to come out and hit a Canadian Destroyer. <laughs> Well, you got to raise a little hill. You, yeah. Do you even indie, bro? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's something. I remember being a kid and seeing the Canadian Destroyer for the first time for Peter Williams and just being like blown away. I was like, this is the coolest move ever. But now it's just, you know, it was such a cool move that everybody copied it. 
It was the best finishing move, and then it just became a transitional move over time, which uh, Petey himself is not very happy about. <laughs> I, I bet. Our next matchup, we see Ravenna Vane's favorite wrestler, Alex Shelley, versus his future Motor City machine gun partner, Chris Saban. Just for free. Just there it is. That's a... I, w- I was like, whoa, this is just a match that just happened. So that was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh shit. So it was really cool. <laughs> Big fan of both those guys, massive fan of the Motor City Machine Guns. So really enjoyed uh, just seeing them have like a match. And it was, of course, what you expect, just really cool high spots and just sh- a showcase of their athleticism and everything. Just really, really good stuff. I can't believe that I uh, got it for free. Shit was awesome. I really cannot wait to show KP and Davis the beauty and the joys of Motor City Machine Guns. So, oh, yeah. y'all have a lot to look forward to. Oh, great. Oh, they're so good. The match only lasts two minutes and 14 seconds. Petey Williams watches from the stage the entire time. Saban picks up the win with the cradle shock and is mm-hmm. immediately attacked by Petey Williams. Petey tries to hit the Canadian Destroyer, but Saban was not lying. He counters and hits a cradle shock to end the segment. That was an awesome counter. Oh, yeah. Back in the parking lot, our parking lot correspondent, Shane Douglas, (laughs) tries to get an interview with Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. DDP says everyone knows why he's here, and he calls Raven out before entering his car. Nathan... In your best DDP voice, can you kind of give a brief synopsis of this? Bro, so you got to understand, I didn't start wrestling till I was 35, and my career didn't take off till I was 40. <laughs> and at 40, I was at top of my game when I had a back injury that put me out on the sidelines. Four doctors told me my career was over, and my wife at the time, Kimberly, suggested that I should do yoga. <laughs> Stand. I'm not the kind of guy that would be caught dead doing yoga, but I did it out of necessity. Then I came back and I won the World Heavyweight Championship. So I realized that this workout was for me. And uh, yeah, so anyway, so he goes. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that was great. That, that was actually pretty spot on. It's yeah. almost like you worked with the guy for a few years. Yeah, I'm once or twice. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> Everybody by DDP yoga. It's awesome. Anyway, um, he uh, just looks at the camera and says, Hey, Raven. Nevermore. I'm. I like to think that he's diamond cutter up because that's always cool. Yeah. He gets into a the the limo and the limo flies off, but I don't know why. Uh, no one was chasing him. There was like, <laughs> there was no urgency to get out there. I don't know why the limo driver felt the need to just skirt skirt on out of there, but he did. Well, I mean, if I had Shane Douglas run after me to interview me, I would also get the hell out of there as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I honestly feel like we should just make a Shane Douglas counter instead of the J the Jeff Jarrett counter because he's been way more annoying the past three episodes than than Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> you know, when a limo shows up, Shane Douglas is going to be on the spot to try to get, he's there. get that interview. Okay, I, he's going to get it. I know, in my parking lot. <laughs> I like to think he's just got his own little office. Like, is he's just got a little folding chair and table out in the parking lot, and he's like, yeah. Oh, Pulled up. It's my time. <laughs> I, I want to see some him seeing that, and then like going to a uh, limo to do an interview, and someone else is already there doing the interview. <laughs> that would be great. 
His heart's broken. After this, we get some more ads. No way. Some no more way. ads. No way. And then some recaps. And oh, at this point, this point, I'm checking to see how much time is left in the show because it feels like it's been on for two hours. segments <laughs> there. But it's all worth it because our main event. We see the Naturals taking on the dream team of AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. What a main and, event. Ooh, made my heart flutter a little bit. Okay. I mean, you can't ask for a, a better tag team right there. Seriously, That's, Styles and Hardy? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Hardy is like my number one of all time. So always awesome seeing uh, Jeff Hardy and also just AJ Styles, especially like uh, early like TNA, like AJ Styles. Like he's great, but like, Back in the day, he was like a different, you know, you know, level, especially in, in TNA. So it's anything he did was just, you know, an incredible uh, performance. Also, one thing I noted in the front row, I don't know if you guys saw, there was not in the front row, but there was like a woman rocking a baby asleep. Did you guys see that? That was something I made. Yes. I yeah. was, was We're like, big on watching the crowd during these matches. To yeah, for some There was like a little baby. It looked like a year old being rocked to sleep. And I was just like, yeah. well, why did she bring a baby? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 there was a sign of some guy who flew, who, who drove a, th- a 3000 miles to see uh, AJ Styles. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, it would have been more impressive if he walked 500 and then exactly. 500 more. That's true love. <laughs> and Nathan, we all know about your love for Jeff Hardy. We've seen your WrestleMania video from the Hardy boys return. Yes. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. (laughs) Uh, The match is short and sweet like all of them on the show. Hardy and Styles pick up the win in five minutes and 14 seconds, but their celebration is cut short when the Kings of Wrestling attack with chairs, and that ends our show. Yep. Oh, Lord. I also (laughs) like when uh, Jarrett, everybody comes out, and starts fighting AJ and Jeff. Music never stops playing. He just goes full on New Jack out there. It's just pretty great. <laughs> I want to know what the hell Hardy's theme was. That was some weirdness. That, that was modest to the modest. top. Yeah, that modest, which is a song he did, and it's from his band uh, Perox Wygen. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And Jeff performed yeah. all of his theme music throughout his entire time in TNA. Yeah, I knew that, but I just that one. That, I never heard that one. I was like, huh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one, but modest. Uh, it's so. very Jeff Hardy. Very, very Jeff Hardy. Very out there, but I, I dig it. I had it on my iPod as a teenager. Yeah. I Davis, used to listen to some of his songs that he did. Yeah. Davis, any thoughts on the match? Uh, Styles is really good. That was actually a pretty good match. And, of course, at the end, Jeff Hardy takes his shirt off. <laughs> He's got to get that. He's got to get that Hardy pop, man. Yep. Yeah, yep. Everyone to. knows about the Jeff Hardy pop. Oh yeah, I love how TNA wasted no time at the beginning. Cause I noticed that like uh, that new intro, the very end of it, now has Jeff Hardy in it. They wasted no time putting him well, in that. You also got to keep in mind he debuted in July, and we yeah. are now in November. So, oh, okay. So he's, you know, he's just steadily chugging along in TNA. Uh, hasn't done anything too crazy yet other than feuding with Jeff Jarrett for the title. Yeah. But speaking of too crazy, we are building to turning point 
And I, I have a feeling AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy may have a bone to pick with the Kings of Wrestling. So, Ooh. Wait, a, AJ Styles Shadowing. and Hardy versus Nash and Hall. Oh, it, it gets a lot more crazy than that, my oh, friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which we will discuss next week. Next week, we will be talking about the November 19th, 2004 episode of Impact. Oh, if y'all like this one. <laughs> I won't give anything away, but we may have a return from somebody on this show. But that was TNA Impact for this week. So, Nathan, what did you think of the show overall without, without giving too much away? We still got ratings coming up. Okay. Um, you know, it's it's just kind of like I felt like they tried to get so much in in such a short amount of time. So I wasn't like too big on watching matches that were 30 seconds, 20 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half. Like two minutes might have been the longest match. So it was just trying to get as many faces out in, on the camera as possible, which, you know, I get trying to get. Uh, that scene but overall it just made the show feel very uh, fast paced so um, but there was still stuff like uh, seeing you know the Motor City Machine Guns wrestle each other and even you know them trying to get uh, nostalgic pop out of a lot of different stuff it it worked for me because it was uh, heavy with uh, nostalgia but it was just kind of felt like uh, it was all about building whatever is next and not really focusing on what they were doing currently in that day so uh, it was fun. I would say I enjoyed it from a nostalgic standpoint, and some of the matches were fun, and it was cool seeing those names perform. So I just kind of was just kind of like, okay, I probably won't go back and watch that episode again, but I will go back and, uh, you know, I do remember like DDP's like uh, debuting is great, and that Motor City Machine Gun match was great. So those are big matches. And the finish of the main event was cool, where, uh, Jeff Hardy threw the dude into the Siles clash. So, uh, yeah, so just a lot of uh, mixed uh, opinions and emotions on uh, on this particular episode. Really seems like they were uh, spinning their wheels a little bit there. I mean, we're just coming off a pay-per-view. It seems like they know what they want to do at the next pay-per-view, but they're not quite sure how to start it yet. Mm. So we, we're just getting a couple matches and lots of advertisement. Davis, what are your thoughts on this episode? Uh, so after being gone for a little bit, I was actually actually pleasantly surprised this wasn't that bad. Uh, you know, like most of the matches were way too short, like Nathan was saying. But, I mean, good main event. So, I mean, that's about all I can really say. And GD- seeing GDP is always good, good for me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. KP? Uh, pretty much like whatever else is saying. Uh, there's a couple good things here. Uh, it was mostly just all filler though, and just felt like they were trying to fill way too much into you know 51 minutes. Needs more yeah. we ads. <laughs> well, with that, let's go into my favorite part of the week, and that is fan questions. Our first question comes from friend of the show, Bryce Boudreaux, ring announcing legend. He wants to know, what did you guys think of the mini matches as well as the AAA additions to the show? Obviously, we didn't get a lot of AAA additions on this show other than Hector Garza, Psychosis, and La Parca. 
But just in general, I know Kyle, you've been watching, or KP, you've been watching long. So how do you feel about the uh, AAA involvement in the mini matches so far? I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of the mini matches. The, the one I really like is, uh, I can't remember his name, the one that translates to the, the uh, secret mask. Mascarita Sagrada. Yeah. yeah, him. And then, like, as far as uh, the AAA people, like uh, you said, uh, Garza and you said Psychosis and, and people like that, right? And, and LA Park. Yeah. Yeah, I like them. I, I'm a fan of them as well. Overall, I'm just, I don't know. I haven't quite got into the mini matches yet. Davis, I know you've been home and sick. I'm glad you're back. Have you been keeping up at all with any of the TNA that we've been watching? To be honest, no, because <laughs> COVID uh, destroyed me, but... Understandable. Um, I mean, it is cool seeing L.A. Park. You know, I I, I love some Lucha, some Lucha Libre stuff. It's always fun to see, but I'll, that's about really all on that. Nathan, how do you feel about our Lucha Libre and if I could throw a question in there, I got to know, what's your favorite Lucha Libre mask of all time? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, there's just so many really cool ones. I just like that. I like the design of Psychosis. It always kind of stood out and everything. And I really like uh, just with Pentagon Jr. and how he looks like now and everything. I think it's such a cool look with the contacts and everything and kind of built like I remember Rey Mysterio doing that with contact lenses and masks, and I thought that was cool. And I think that Pentagon took that idea and made it even cooler. So I'm probably Pentagon Jr. might be my favorite, you know. Maybe I'm just being my favorite luchador, just period. So, nice. Yeah, Pena's Venom mask is always really cool. Our next question comes from Ken Young, and he says, Do you think DDP coming to TNA did anything to truly strengthen the company? I'll take this one first. I think much like with many of the legends who came to TNA, it was great for that initial reaction. And then TNA probably didn't know the best way to utilize them. So there wasn't a lot of long-term growth from having them in. But, I mean, as a sucker for nostalgia, I mean, I'm not ever going to say some DDP. But. Mm. Nathan, how do you feel about that? Uh, you know, honestly, I'd probably uh, agree with you a little bit. I think it's cool to kind of get, you know, bringing in those names to get eyes on, you know, stuff. And, I mean, you have like Randy Savage, like in the company and you have Holland Nash and then you bring in DDP and it's just like a who's who of like who was in a WCW. So, of course, it's like targeting and marketing that fan base and trying to bring them over, which I think, you know helps TNA out in the long run, but, or at the beginning, but in the long run, yeah, I kind of just felt like, you know, nothing was really going anywhere because they were just trying to cram so much stuff as we were seeing. And it's not the fault of the wrestlers or anything. Like, I think, you know, those are some of the most over wrestlers of all time. They're just crazy popular. Like, uh, so I think like it, it did initially, but to no fault of DDPs, I don't think, uh, it really helped, like really helped for in the long run. But like I said, it's not not any fault of any of the wrestlers. I just think it's how they were trying to do the show. But I'm just a guy, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I personally enjoyed like uh, early TNA wrestling. I'm not. I don't want to criticize it because I 
have a, a lot more like uh, love for Impact Wrestling. And I know it's easy to just hate on Impact, and it's kind of become the Nickelback of like uh, pro wrestling <laughs> in a lot of ways, where it's just easy to 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 make fun of it. But I do believe that they have a lot of really good uh, matches and memories, and some of my favorite matches are from there. So I don't think. Um, yeah, so I, I just want to make that clear so it doesn't sound like I'm trashing it, but a fair critique would, would be that I think uh, Dallas did bring eyes, but in the long run, because of how they were formatting the shows, I think it just kind of the value of it got lost. Absolutely. I mean, Dallas, a great addition to the roster. It could be a good good addition if they, if they use them right, but you know, like y'all said, uh, you don't think that they utilized them great. And you know, with that, I'll say, uh, what do you mean by legends not being utilized great? You mean Jeff Jarrett going over them is not the best way to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Next, we'll go to our resident DDP Stan themselves. We have Davis. Davis, what do you feel about DDP in his debut? It just seemed a little bit random. That's what I'm going to say about that. Like, I'm just like, come out of nowhere, hit a diamond cutter. It was awesome. But he I'm hit like, a what? Diamond cutter. A diamond cutter. A diamond cutter. You, you, you have to. Saw it coming. Bang. <laughs> anyway, come out, <laughs> hit one. It, you know, it was, it was cool and all, but I'm like, why? I, I mean, I agree. It, it did feel random, especially with Jeff Jarrett being the one to call him out at the beginning and then him attacking Raven instead. <laughs> Our last fan question comes from a Susie Q. Oh, and no. she says, ask Nathan who he thinks the prettiest girl in the world is. Uh, it's a tie between Susie from Southern Honor and Michaela, my girlfriend. Uh, both of them are just very gorgeous. So I don't know which one I like more. So it's kind of a toss up. And I mean, there's I honestly a, a lot of similarities there. I can see it. A lot of similarities. I don't know. I saw what the last Southern Honor show. Apparently, Susie came out with a twisted tea, and I was like, man, that girl. Oof. Ooh, ooh, Lord. She's the new Jack of Southern Honor. I mean, was it Susie or was it Michaela, the one who was getting attacked by Ashen while you sat there and filmed it and didn't do anything? <laughs> uh, who knows? I was just kind of there. You can't mix business with pleasure, KP. See, she, she, she's a tough girl. She can handle it. I mean, I, I mean, if anything, it's a testament to, to Nathan's work ethic. <laughs> I got yeah, if, like uh, I can't go and like uh, help her. I got to film. Yeah, exactly. Nathan. You hire Nathan, it, he won't stop for anything. You could, Nathan, <laughs> ever the professional, went through it. a table once and kept filming. So, this is true. This is what <laughs> you got to do. Dedication to the craft. <laughs> well, Nathan, it's that time of the week. I'm not sure if you've heard about our review mm. rankings here, but uh. It's kind of a big deal. It's a bit, a bit of a big deal, not a lot. Oh, damn. I mean, this, this ratings system that we've come up with, uh, I mean, many cultures believe it to be an aphrodisiac. Whoa. I, I've heard it's... rumors that it's dating a supermodel, and uh, I know for a fact that Rob Van Dam named his finishing move after our rating scale. So, wow. Yeah. So, on a scale a from deal. highest to lowest, 
and you're going to want to pay attention to this. Okay. Was this show TN Amazing? TN A? TN Eh? TN Acceptable? Or TN Awful? I will probably go with TN Acceptable. <laughs> I think, uh, I think there was a lot of great stuff that happened, but just the pacing of having 20 second matches just made it hard to, you know, get into. Cause it felt like they were throwing a lot out and just trying to see what stuck, which is cool. But yeah, I, I don't think there was anything, you know, remarkable or outside, outside of DDP's debut and getting a two minute match between the motor city machine guns. For me, that was uh, that was the best parts and the highlights. So I would say it's a pretty average episode in uh, the context of that time period and for that for that show. I would say it's still a pretty average show. All very valid notes, Davis. It's been a while. I want to know how would you rate this show? Uh, so you know the the Mercy Machine Guns against each other, great match pretty good main event and maybe it was just the fact that this is the first one i watched in a while but i'm actually gonna say tn and 0.5 what is it whoa, with people whoa, trying whoa. to break our whoa, ratings whoa. you're breaking the rating scale okay this is the you, second you week in a row that. we we have to maintain okay, okay we're putting our foot down right now you choose one or the other okay we we let it slide last <laughs> week for brian he was our guest and he came up with his own of tn i Somewhere between TNA and TNA. Eh. We're not doing that again. We, we we have to maintain order because without law, then there's just... I mean, what's the point? Exactly. <laughs> you got to respect the rating system. Respect <laughs> my authority. TNA. And for myself... Ooh, I'm going to go TN acceptable for the same reasons they have. What about you, KP? I'm going to ditto what Carmen said, TNA acceptable, same reasons. And now for the longest segment of every damn week, it's going to be even longer now since we have the king of plugs here. We're going into our plugs and send off. Kyle, we already know you've got your yeah Prescott yeah. podcast I, I, I universe. Got so much stuff, yeah. Uh, just in, insert a. It's know. an MCU all in itself. <laughs> but the PPU. <laughs> but we gotta show some some class here. We gotta exactly. show some southern hospitality. Nathan, what is going on in your life? What do you have to promote? I know you've got a million different movies and music videos out right now. Yeah. So let us hear it. Man, uh, a lot of stuff. Well, there's uh, I did a documentary on DDP, so speaking of, uh, of Diamond Dallas Page. I, I worked, for those who don't know, I worked at uh, DDP Yoga for eight years, and uh, I made a documentary about Dallas and about DDP Yoga and everything from his post-wrestling uh, career and starting this and spending all of his uh, wrestling savings on uh, taking a chance on this company. It's a crazy story. I worked on it for several years, and it's very inspirational, and it's called Relentless, and it's on Amazon Prime. 
for free. So zero doll hairs. You can just go watch it right now. If you don't have Amazon Prime, just make a password and just, uh, you know, just don't just, uh, you know, end your account before uh, you get charged. So just go and watch Relentless on Amazon Prime. And you can also watch my movie. I'm too old for this shit, which is a documentary that Chris Jericho produced where I film a uh, this rock band that haven't played a show in 30 years and they get back together as 50 year olds and they go across the uh, sea to play their dream show. And it was a very emotional and funny kind of uh, documentary. I'm very, very proud of this. And this that's available on um, Amazon Prime as well. It's also available on iTunes. It's actually charted on iTunes, which is exciting. And it's also on Vudu and Xbox and Google Play and all that good stuff. Um, so I have that. And yeah, if you just want to keep up with everything that we're doing, whether it be Southern Honor Wrestling or uh, my company, Kind Punk or everything else, you can follow me at Nathan Mowry, that's N-A-T-H-A-N-M-O-W-E-R-Y, and my company, uh, Kind Punk, which is K-I-N-D-P-U-N-K-F-I-L-M. And I'm that on everything, so come hang out and see what I got going, because I already have way too many things going on. So it's going to be good. Nathan works so hard that it puts KP and myself to shame. You can see his latest music video from Islander Crazy Crazy World featuring my favorite wrestler, Sting, right now. Yes. Uh, he also works with All Elite Wrestling. You can check them out every Wednesday night on TNT at 8, 7 Central. He, he's just got a million projects. He's the most hardworking man in professional wrestling and in music, I would say. Whoa. But we we love you, Nathan. Let's let's go to someone who's going to go quick. Davis, what you got on your plate? Where can we follow you? What do you have going on? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyrick3289. That's K-Y-R-I-C-3289. Uh, was supposed to be getting my Twitch channel going, but, you know, I got sick. So that ruined that. So hopefully sometime in 2021 I'll get that going. You know, I got I got it set where I get I get Wednesdays off now, so it's it's probably gonna be sometime on Wednesdays before AEW or after. Um, other than that, not really a whole lot going on at the moment. <sighs> Damn it, Prescott! What which twelve podcast do you want to choose this week to talk about? Uh. Hey guys, I'm I'm Kyle. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, Kyle S. Prescott, uh, and <laughs> I don't really have much going on. That's about it. What? <laughs> You're not going to plug all your other podcasts? All late hour. <laughs> I'm going to plug Trick or Treaters podcast. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right for real. Okay. The AEW discussion. <sighs> AEW Discord. <laughs> I feel I feel like we should just like record one and just insert them in my place on every week. All right, just just follow at Kyle S Prescott yeah. for all Kyle of his ventures on Twitter to find everything I do, or or if you're on Facebook, uh, join the AEW All Elite Wrestling Discussion Facebook group. Yeah, that's all I'll say. I'll, I'll say that's the, the shortest time. one you've ever had. I'll save you all the time. I used to plug like all four I don't, I don't I don't know what to do with all this extra time for myself. Um, <laughs> well, uh you can find me on Twitter at Carmen M Childers. Uh Twitter world is kind of buzzing right now in my little bubble. 
over the commentary team of myself, Mose, and Suge D from New yep. South Wrestling, which episode just premiered last night. So that's pretty, pretty cool. I do enjoy doing the commentary. I will be doing some more at our tapings this Saturday, which will be before those of you at home are listening to this. But lucky for you, every Tuesday night, you can check me out on IWTV on New South Action Clash at 7 p.m. Central doing the commentary thing. Just follow my socials for any sort of ring announcing dates. I've got some big projects coming up with maybe some televised companies, but uh, can't divulge that information quite yet. But with that, we must bid you all adieu. Nathan, it's kind of a tradition here that we never know how to end our podcast, so I'm putting you on the spot. You must close the show. Oh, man. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to the total nonstop analysis as we broke down the episode where DDP debuted. It was exciting. It was fantastic. It was sick as frick. It got my heart pumping with excitement and fury, and I can't wait to go back and watch some more TNA wrestling. But I must bid you adieu. So, so, so long. And good night. Bang. Bang. That was great, Nathan. Thank you. But in honor of DDP, how about at the count of three, we all give our own bang. Gotcha. In DDP fashion. This is going to be great with internet lagging. Great audio content. Here we go. Hell yeah. Two, three. Bang! Bang!